Hi there, I'm Sue Elvis from the blog Stories of an Unschooling Family. Well, welcome to my podcast. This is episode 184. And today I have a few stories to share with you. And also I'm by myself. This is a solo episode. You might have listened to last week's episode 183, which was a long conversation with my daughter Imogen. But this week, I'm not talking with anybody. I'm just sitting here by myself, ready to tell you a few stories. Now, I didn't know whether to record a podcast today. I could have said, hey, I'm not in the mood. We'll just have an empty week. And that was really tempting because today feels like a very grey day. There's a cloud over my head. I just don't feel like doing much at all. I guess maybe my mood is a reflection of the weather outside. It has been raining for seven whole days. Yes, the rain just keeps on falling. Well, we're hoping the rain will stop on Wednesday. But I think we've got a little bit more rain before then. Now, normally I wouldn't complain about the rain. Normally we are in drought. And just over a year ago, you might remember, we were battling big bushfires and we were praying for rain. There was no way that we were ever going to complain about rain. And so I have made it my habit never to wish the rain away. But I'm getting close. And that's because we've had an abnormal amount of rain. In New South Wales, Australia, there are a lot of areas that are are flooded. A lot of houses have disappeared under the water. Now, where we are, we're okay at the moment. We actually live on top of the hill. But going down our hill, descending down into town, our road is flooded in places. All the water is flowing off the surrounding land, gushing into big waterfalls and pooling on the road. When Imogen and I went into town this morning to take Gemma Rose to work, we had to drive very slowly at particular parts of the road uh, so that we stayed safe. Water kept gushing out either side of the car, regardless of how slowly we were driving. There's a lot of potholes as well. The roads are breaking up. So yes, maybe we've had enough rain. (laughs) But I'm not going to complain. Well, only a little bit. So back to my mood. I was tempted just to do nothing today, do nothing much at all. But I said, Sue... Just get your equipment out. Get started. You might feel better once you start recording something, once you're doing something. And that's quite true, isn't it? Sometimes all we need to do is try. Just take a step and things look a little bit better. Because we can get stuck. Yes, we get into a, a funk. We get into a mood. We feel grumpy. We feel there's nothing that will make us feel better but sometimes all we have to do is try yeah take a few steps and I've done that this morning all my equipment set up and I have some stories here that I'm going to share with you and I've begun talking well actually this is my second attempt at doing this podcast so I've had double incentive not to do anything today Because I suddenly glanced over my shoulder at my computer when I got to the end of the second story and realized that something went wrong. Nothing had recorded for a while. So I'm going to keep looking over my shoulder this time. Keep making sure that we're actually doing something. That the uh, computer is picking up all I'm saying. So far, so good. So what kind of stories am I going to share with you today? Well, the weather has led my thoughts in the direction of weather. I have two stories about the weather and two stories about Elvis Presley. If you listened to last week's episode, you might remember that Imogen and I were talking about names. Our name in particular, Elvis. And how sometimes this has been a blessing and at other times, 
It has been a real big nuisance. Sometimes people think we're spammers or trolls. They don't take us seriously. Because who is called Elvis, Sue Elvis, Imogen Elvis, Andy Elvis? Yes, it doesn't seem believable, does it sometimes? Perhaps we've made up our names. So, where shall I start? A weather story, I think, called Wondering Whether I Should Iron. Weather, W-E-A-T-H-E-R. At the time of writing this blog post, I thought that that was rather clever. Maybe it doesn't seem so clever today. And this blog post you might not have heard unless you are a former reader of my old blog, my very first blog, Sue Elvis Writes. Now that's not a very original name either, isn't it? Is it? I mean, years ago I thought it was. I thought I was being very clever when I chose that title, Sue Elvis Writes. It said it all. But since then, I've discovered that other people have had the same idea. Jenny Not writes. Joe Brown writes. Yeah, Sue Elvis used to write on Sue Elvis Writes. That blog is now, well, it's still online, but it's private. Yeah, I'm not quite so satisfied with all those stories anymore. Probably as I'm reading this out, I'll think, oh, why did I share this story? I could probably make a few improvements, but it is what it is. We do our best at the time, don't we? And we try not to get too dissatisfied later on when we look back at our work. We think, well, look, we started, we wrote, we did whatever we do, we kept on going. Yes, hopefully we have improved Otherwise, we, ha we wouldn't have grown very much, would we? So looking back and thinking I could write that story better today is a good thing. Not a bad thing at all. But I haven't got time to write, rewrite this story for you today, so I'm going to read it as it is. Sometimes we're our own worst critic too. Maybe you will enjoy the story anyway. So here goes. Wondering whether I should... Iron. This afternoon Andy and I had to dash into town. It was an emergency. We needed a new iron. The old one suddenly went on strike halfway through unwrinkling a mountain of clothes. I guess we overworked it. Usually the iron has a very quiet life doing nothing much at all. It must have had a nervous breakdown when it saw the huge pile of clothes. Well, that iron is no more. It's had its day. We now have a newer and better model. And we can continue ironing our summer clothes. Yes, it's changeover time. Out with the winter clothes and in with the summer ones. I just hope now I've swapped long-sleeved t-shirts for short-sleeved ones, the warm weather continues. The cats are preparing for summer too. They're shedding hair everywhere. Three long-haired cats produce an awful lot of hair. I don't suppose they're looking forward to summer. I always feel so sorry for them on a hot day. I'm sure they'd like to unzip their long furry coats and crawl out of them. But all they can do is spread themselves out on the cool floor tiles, hoping to let off some heat. Three cat splats. It's a very uncomfortable feeling being too hot and not being able to do anything about it. I know. When I was a child, we lived in Brisbane for a few years. Brisbane is up the coast, further north, closer to the equator, much hotter than here. We never really had a winter. We didn't have to do a seasonal changeover of clothes. I'm sure we wore practically the same clothes the whole year round. One year, my grandmother in England sent me a pair of real wool, hand-knitted, long socks. I was so excited. I'd never had such a pair of socks before. I insisted on wearing them to school. That was a big mistake. By the time the bell rang at the end of the day, my poor legs were itchy with heat rash. 
I never wore those socks again. Most kids never wore socks at all. In fact, they didn't even wear shoes. They were tough. At least their feet were. I wanted to be tough too. I yearned to set my toes free and feel the dirt beneath my feet. But my mother objected. She had her standards. Bare, dirty feet weren't part of them. It rains most summer afternoons in Brisbane. One minute it's dry, the next minute it's wet. Very wet. It's a bit like turning on the shower full force. Drivers pull over on the side of the road because they're unable to see where they're going. People run for shelter. Then, just as suddenly, it's all over. The sun reappears and steam starts to rise as everything dries off. One afternoon, I was walking home from school when the rain began. I smiled. I saw my opportunity. I quickly whipped off my sandals and shoved them into my school bag. I intended to walk home barefoot. I had a wonderful time splashing in puddles and squeezing mud between my toes. But my delight was soon forgotten when I saw my mother's face. Where's your sandals? In my bag, I stammered. I couldn't wear them in the rain. The colour would have run and made my feet red. I was good at thinking up excuses. Unfortunately, my mother didn't agree. A few days later, though, I came home with red feet. I'd worn my red sandals in the rain. These days, I hardly ever wear sandals. For some reason, I don't like them. I don't know why. I never go barefoot either, except if I'm inside or on the grass. My feet just aren't tough enough. And red? I stay right away from that colour. I suppose I'd better get back to the ironing. I hope this iron is prepared to work harder than the last one. You see, it's going to get lots of use. I have decided to wear ironed clothes this summer. I've been getting rather lazy. I'd rather write than iron. I'd rather do a lot of things than iron. But I'm turning over a new leaf, changing my habits, or at least my clothes. Well, I'm going to try. I didn't try for very long. I soon gave up ironing again. Yes, I'd rather write or do something else, anything but iron. And I have discovered that wearing non-ironed clothes isn't all that bad. Yes, ironing isn't very important, is it? Now I'm going to save my second weather story. It's a weather story about the heat rather than the rain. And I'm going to save that one to the end. Maybe it will be a positive note to end on, something to smile about. That is, if I actually get the courage to read it out. Because maybe it's a little bit risque or a little bit unladylike. But then again, I told a risque story in episode 181, didn't I? And nobody complained about that. So maybe I will read out my story at the end of this episode. But first, two Elvis stories. Last week, in episode 183, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, we were talking about names. And I think I mentioned a story that I had written about... Elvis Presley and me. Not that I ever met Elvis Presley, but you will see once you hear the story. It's called The Elvis Presley Connection. I was a teenager when Elvis Presley died. I remember the day I heard the news. The sun shone between my gaudy orange curtains onto my bed where I'd thrown myself after a tiring day at school. And I thought, wow, Elvis Presley is dead. Not that I felt very sad or anything. The big headline news didn't really affect me that way. I wasn't an Elvis fan. He was just someone famous. But still, 
I rolled the news around in my mind and concluded that fame doesn't protect anyone from death. So Elvis died and was buried, and that might have been the end of Elvis Presley as far as I was concerned. Except it wasn't. A year or so later we moved house, and I went to a new school and met my own Elvis, Andy Elvis. By the time we graduated, I knew one day I was going to be an Elvis too. What I didn't know was how closely Elvis Presley was going to follow me through all the years of our married life. Name? Sue Elvis. Pardon? How do you spell that? Elvis. E-L-V-I-S. You know, like Elvis Presley. Or? Name? Sue Elvis. Any relation to Elvis Presley? Someone asks with a grin. Or, Sue Elvis, is that your real name? The other day, my application to join an online forum for Catholic writers was rejected. I sat staring at the rejection email, feeling a little hurt and sorry for myself. I tried to understand why I wasn't wanted. I'd provided too little information about myself, apparently. But what can one say in 100 characters? I must have mentioned my name. Did the moderator not believe it was my real name? Did she think it was made up and I am a troll or a spammer trying to worm my way into the group? These thoughts started me thinking about pen names. Wouldn't Sue Elvis make a wonderful pseudonym? It's short and catchy. And, of course, has that famous connection. I think if I am ever famous, I will use the name Sue Elvis. And if I'm never to be well known, I will still use it. It's my name. Sue Elvis is dead. I guess the day will arrive when someone will say those words. Famous or not, we will all eventually meet in the cemetery. Hopefully, we'll all meet in heaven too. Hi, I'm Sue Elvis. I'm Elvis Presley. I don't suppose we'll chat about best-selling songs or books or blogs. By that time, it won't matter much if we'd been famous on earth or not. Elvis Presley and I will meet on equal terms. Of course, we'll still have the name connection. And I finished that blog post story with some words about our wedding anniversary. Yes, I wrote that story for my husband, Andy Elvis. I think it was on our 30th wedding anniversary. That was a few years ago. I think I said something about I must be more than 30 by now. Well, I must be quite a bit older than that by now. I'm getting old. Yes, sometimes I write about aging and maybe I should share a few aging stories one day, but not today. Today I have another Elvis Presley story. I wrote this story, oh, I don't know, a few years into my blog. It is an introduction to my blog story. Why would I write an introductory post a few years after I created my blog? Well, I wrote a a blog post, like you always do, you have to write something to begin your blog, and I published it. And that blog post disappeared into the blogosphere because I don't know, I pressed something I shouldn't have. I wasn't very good at blogging in those days. And then I sat down and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to write a second blog post. And I wrote almost a replica of the first one. Yes, another boring blog post. It was a very typical introduction blog post. Hi, I'm Sue Elvis and I'm married to Andy and we have this many children and we live here. And I'm going to be writing about this, that and the other. I hope that you will subscribe to my blog. I look forward to sharing my stories with you. Yes, yeah, very boring. The funny thing was, though, that that blog post became the most a popular blog post on my blog. 
which was rather frustrating because I used to think, well, people will read that blog post and then they'll think Sue Elvis's writing is very boring and they maybe wouldn't explore my blog. They wouldn't want to stick around. So I wanted to topple that blog off its pedestal, get rid of it. So I needed a second introductory post. And I thought this time I'm going to write something attention grabbing, something that people might stop and read and then think, I want to find out more. I want to read more of Sue's stories. So this is what I wrote. Me, I'm Elvis's wife. I create my blog. I even write a post. I hit publish and then I sit back and smile. I'm feeling so clever and proud. My blog looks fantastic. My post is brilliant. Everyone is going to agree. The world is going to say, how did we ever survive without Sue Elvis's blog? Sue Elvis writes, has hit the blogosphere and nothing will ever be the same again. A minute goes by and then another. I check my stats. No one has visited my blog. Five minutes, half an hour. An hour ticks by. Where is everyone? Why isn't everyone flocking to read my very first post? Where are you, world? I shout. And then I realize I have forgotten something very important. I know about my blog. My family knows about it too. But does the world? Surely the world is aware that something momentous happened today. A huge electromagnetic wave must have swept through the blogosphere the moment I pressed create blog. Everyone must be asking, what does that wave mean? I shall tell them, it was me. It was my blog coming into existence. Sue Elvis Wrights has arrived. But how will I do that? I sit quietly deep in thought for a few minutes. And then this brilliant idea hits me. Who is the biggest name in the blogosphere? Who is famous for his deep and probing blogging interviews? Who has the power to make or break a new blogger? Bob Blogosphere, of course. All I have to do is get Bob to interview me and instantly I'll have fans flocking to my blog. It will be overrun with readers. They will be astonished. They will be amazed. And I will be famous. I brush my hair, grab a few photos, click my mouse a few times, and before I know it, I am outside the blogosphere news building where Bob works. I glance at my watch. Bob is as regular as clockwork. In two minutes, he will emerge through that revolving door. He will go to the gym. He will work on his muscles. He will eat a healthy lunch. Well, he would if this were a normal day. But today, he will do none of that. Today, he will want to interview me. When Bob Blogosphere hears about my fantastic new blog, he won't be able to resist. He'll write a story about Sue Elvis Wrights. It will get published in the Blogosphere News. Everyone will read it. Everyone will link to it. Yes, I shall be famous. I stand by the door and wait. The door whizzes round and Bob makes his entrance onto the street. He looks left and then right. He smiles at his fans. He waves. He adjusts his sunnies. Mr. Blogosphere, I say, I have a new blog. Everyone has a new blog, he interrupts, striding off down the road at full pace. But I'm sure you want to know about mine, I say, running to keep up with him. You could interview me. Why would I want to interview you, he asks, barely glancing in my direction. Anyway, who are you? Me, I say rather breathlessly. I'm not as fit as Bob Blogosphere. I'm Elvis's wife. Bob Blogosphere comes to a sudden halt and I bump into him. Elvis's wife? Yes, I say, and I have a new blog. Well, why didn't you say so? Bob grabs my arm and we retrace our steps to the blogosphere news building. The gym has been forgotten. The healthy lunch has been forgotten too. 
Bob Blogosphere can smell big news. And he's going to be the first to report it, like always. We enter the elevator and shoot to the top floor of the building. People scatter left, they scatter right, as Bob strides to his office with me in tow. I'm going to be busy for a while. A big interview, he says. No phone calls, no messages, no interruptions of any sort. Bob pushes me into a chair and settles himself behind his desk. His computer is open. He is ready. So, you're Elvis's wife, he says. I nod. Well, tell me about your blog. The moment has arrived. I am sitting opposite the most famous man in the whole of the blogosphere. Bob Blogosphere is actually interviewing me. Sue Elvis, brand new blogger, proud creator of Sue Elvis Writes. Bob glances into the mirror hanging next to his desk. He runs his fingers over his immaculately groomed head. Not a hair out of place. He smiles at his reflection. Yes, he likes what he sees. Then he looks straight at me and says, Well? Suddenly, I am lost for words. There's a lump in my throat. My tongue sits there in my mouth like a dry lump of leather. Let me help you, says Bob. Let's start with some background information. Who were you before you were Elvis's wife? That's easy. Susan Skeleton, I say. But everyone calls me Sue. Good. Right, Sue. Tell me about your family. Do you have any children? Yes. How many? I think for a moment and then I say, I don't know. You don't know? Bob Blugosphere is leaning forward. His eyebrows are raised. He forgets about his mirror. I have his full attention. It all depends on your point of view, I continue. I have seven living children. There's Felicity, Duncan, Callum, Imogen, Charlotte, Sophie and Gemma Rose. But I also have Thomas. He died when he was only one day old. And then there's the seven children that, that I lost by miscarriage. Bob's eyes open wide. I think for another moment. As life begins at the moment of conception, I guess we have 15 children. Yes, definitely 15. No doubt about that at all. 15 children. Elvis has 15 children? How come I've never heard about this before? Well, I guess that's because I am the quiet type. I don't seek the limelight. No, I am humble and retiring. I don't push myself forward. It wouldn't be like me to shout out about my children. Quiet and retiring? Yes, I keep the details of my life to myself. Elvis, 15 children. Bob just doesn't understand. He screws up his face in confusion. It's not a pretty look. He realises and readjusts his features. Moving on. What are you going to write about on your blog? Family life, I say. Life with Elvis. Bob is typing at a furious pace. That's good. I like that. That'll attract a lot of readers. And faith. I add. Faith? Yes, the Catholic faith. So Elvis married a Catholic, says Bob. No, he didn't, I say. I married a Catholic. I did say I'd never ever become a Catholic myself, but sometimes things don't go as we imagine. Elvis is a Catholic? Bob is looking confused again. I didn't know that. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. A cradle Catholic. Moving on, says Bob again. I don't think writing about faith will be very interesting. No one will read posts about religion. Unless you stir things up, say something controversial, start a religious argument. He pauses. He smiles. He likes this idea. He likes it very much. I shake my head emphatically. No, I am not a controversial type person. Well, if you're not prepared to get into a religious debate, I'd stick to writing about family life if I were you. Grief, I suddenly say. 
Huh? I'm going to write about grief. No, definitely not, says Bob. Grief isn't very popular at all. No one will read posts about grief. Who's interested in all that sad stuff? You'd be surprised, I reply. Now it's my turn to lean forward. Everyone will experience grief sometime in their life. Grief is suffering, you know. Everyone suffers. I don't, says Bob firmly. He glances into the mirror again to confirm that he is indeed perfect before adding, I am in total control of my life. I used to think that, I say, but Bob isn't listening. Are you planning on writing about anything else? Unschooling, I whisper. What's that? shouts Bob. Did you say unschooling? He is smiling. This is good. This is weird. This could be controversial. Yes, yes, write about unschooling and family life, but forget the grief and faith stuff. He types some more words and looks at me. Can you be funny? Humour is good. I shake my head. I don't do funny. Oh, well. Bob looks disappointed. Then I remember the photos I have in my bag. Would you like some photos to go with your article, I ask. I dive into my bag. I hand a photo to Bob. He holds it at arm's length, squints at it a bit, and then says, Not one of his better days, eh? Well, he was having trouble keeping his pants up and his shirt down. The kids kept shouting, Dad, your tummy is showing. And then when he'd rescued his shirt, they'd yell, Pull your pants up, Dad. He was trying to sing at the same time. He had a lot to think about. Would you be looking your best if you had to do all that? Before Bob can give me an answer, I say, I've a better photo somewhere. Here it is. This one's of me and my beloved. I pass across a second photo. Bob looks at the picture. He compares it to the first. He holds it to the light. He turns it upside down and looks again. This isn't a picture of Elvis. Of course it is, I protest. This isn't the photo of a superstar. Of course it is, I say again. My husband is a superstar and that's his photo. What's your husband's name? asks Bob with a suspicious look in his eye. Elvis, I say, wondering what all the fuss is about. I'm Elvis's wife, remember? Elvis Presley? Of course not, I say. Elvis Presley doesn't have 15 children. He's not Catholic. Well, I don't think he is. I mean, was. How can I be married to him? Isn't he dead? There is silence for a moment, and then I say, I'm married to Andy Elvis, superstar husband and father, much better than Elvis Presley. Bob Blogosphere closes his computer. He picks up the phone. Miss Bell, he says, there seems to have been a bit of a mix-up. Could you please come and escort Sue Elvis to the elevator? A moment later, I find myself shooting back down the blogosphere news building. I spin through the revolving door and I am ejected onto the footpath. I pick myself up and head back to my blog. I am glad to be back at Sue Elvis Wright's. I walk through the door and look around. My blog still looks good. In fact, it looks fantastic. I smile. I wonder, perhaps the world found my blog after all while I was away. I decide to check my stats just in case. A few page views. Then I see it. One comment. Hi, Mum. Your blog looks fantastic. We loved your first post. It's absolutely brilliant. Keep writing. Love from your biggest fans, your family. And then I notice something else. I have followers. All my children are following my blog. My children love me. Who cares about Bob Blogosphere? I close my computer. I pour myself a glass of red wine. I sit back and relax. What a day. I think about Bob Blogosphere. I didn't like his ideas at all. Not write about grief or faith and be funny? I shake my head. No, I certainly don't do funny. 
grief, unschooling, family life, faith, even blogging and writing, but none of that funny stuff. That's not me at all. I idly wonder if Bob will go ahead with the interview article. Somehow I don't think he will. I will probably never hear from him again. I will have to find another way to tell the world about my blog. Will I get any real followers? Will anyone read my grief and faith posts? Will anyone read any of my stories? Will anyone stop to comment? Will my blog be a success? And will I ever hear from Bob Blogosphere again? Please stay tuned to find out. And that was my introductory blog post, which occurred about halfway through the life of my blog, Sue Elvis writes. I had such fun writing that. But that post didn't become as popular as my very boring first blog post, unfortunately. Yes, when we're blogging, we tend to think a lot about followers, subscribers, how many page views we've got. It can get a little bit overwhelming. Well, nobody's reading that blog anymore because it is now private. But I still got my stories of an unschooling family blog. I noticed the other day, not that I check the stats very often, but I did notice that page views are down. Maybe I ought to write some posts. I guess that if you want to be successful, you actually have to put some work in, don't you? But I have done something on that blog, something that maybe will be useful or interesting. I don't know. Maybe this is a good time to tell you about what I've done, because by the time I get to the end of this podcast, I'll probably forget to mention it. Well, I've been playing around with a new plugin. I vaguely mentioned this last week when I was talking with my daughter Imogen about how sometimes we want to take a break from the work. We want to play. I think play is very important, both for children and for adults. Play is where a lot of ideas come from. If we neglect to play, yes, we get a bit stuck in a rut. Our ideas go stale. We don't come up with anything interesting. And we lose our spice for life, I think. We probably get to the stage where we think, I don't want to write anything ever again. I don't want to blog anymore. I just don't have anything to write about. So I've been playing. I've been playing with a plug-in for my blog. This is the sort of thing that I really enjoy doing. Trying to make things work. Trying to improve what I've got on my blog. Trying to make things look good. And I found a plug-in called Media Grid. And it allows me to upload photos, add a caption, and then publish the posts and arrange them in a grid. The posts are a little bit like Instagram posts, I guess. Now, instead of publishing short posts, because sometimes I think, do people want to be notified about a blog post, which is really only a, an enlarged caption, a photo, and a mini story, maybe. So instead of posting these mini stories in my main feed, I am creating a media grid of them. And then whenever anybody comes to my blog, if they know about them, they can go to my homepage and see what's new. Every time somebody clicks onto the photo, the photo opens up in a light box and the caption becomes visible. So that's one of the ideas that I've been playing around with. But on to my next story. So that was one weather story about the rain, two stories about Elvis, which I thought about because of last week's comment about our name, and my fourth and final story is about the weather as well, about a time when we had a lot of hot summer days. I did say it was a bit of an unladylike story. 
you will soon see why, but maybe it will give you a smile. Yes, this story is called Why I'm Wearing Stiff Undies. Disaster has struck. Our washing machine is broken. The repairman came to have a look at it. I need to order a spare part. It could take a few days. So we are waiting and our washing is piling up. I'm going to run out of socks soon, I say, as I peel off my sweaty wet running gear. Wear those ones again, suggests my husband Andy. They'll dry. They'll turn stiff, I protest. I can't run in stiff socks. I could do some hand washing, he offers. Yes, I'll wash our undies. So Andy fills the laundry sink and tips in the washing powder. Soon he is sloshing all our socks and bras and undies around in the warm water. Sometime later he shouts, I've washed everything. Who wants to hang it out? The girls and I volunteer. Andy carries the heavy basket out into the garden for us. We take the soggy washing item by item and peg it all to the line. Andy's mangle hands did their best, but the washing is still full of water. It drips onto the grass. Water is dripping off us as well. It's hot. It's very hot. Perfect weather for drying washing that hasn't been spun, observes Imogen. It'll be dry before we know it. Yes, at least this heat wave weather is good for something. What if the washing machine had broken down in the middle of winter? The clothes feel a bit slimy, observes Charlotte. Do you think Dad rinsed the washing powder out of them? I bet they dry stiff, says Sophie. But it's too hot to worry about that, so we keep on pegging. The washing line is soon full. The basket is empty, so we retreat inside out of the sun and spend the rest of the day trying to stay cool. After dinner, when the sun has gone down, Andy goes outside to bring in the washing. It's all perfectly dry, he announces on his return. We expected that, but it all seems to be a bit stiff. We expected that too. Never mind, I say. At least it's all clean. I'm not about to complain. It's not every husband who'd volunteer to do the washing. This morning, we again peel off our sweaty wet running gear and toss it into a pile. Andy looks at the mountain of clothing and says, Maybe I should do some more hand washing. Then he grins. I could make everything stiff again. Did you rinse the washing, I ask? Well, sort of. Maybe not very well, he admits. I don't want him to feel bad, so I say, I don't mind stiff undies. I don't. It's kind of funny. Andy thinks it's funny too. We both collapse into giggles. And then I have an idea. What if I wrote a blog post called Why I'm Wearing Stiff Undies? Ooh, that's a great idea for a story. Then I look at Andy. Would he mind? Would he think we're laughing at him? It is good of him to do our washing. No, I can't afford to upset him. You know what, says Andy. You should write a blog post about wearing stiff undies. I should? He grins. It would make a good story. So that's what I'm doing. I'm standing here writing a blog post. Standing? Well, it's a bit hard to sit down at the moment. You see, I'm wearing stiff undies. At the end of that post, I added, Imogen, with her eyes twinkling, says, You can't tell the world about your undies, Mum. I can't? Oh, perhaps it's not ladylike. What do you think? Well, a lot of people didn't mind my post being unladylike because I got a lot of comments on that post. It appears that if you want to be popular, you should write something a little bit out of the ordinary, something that's not quite ladylike. And that's what I did. So it was very hot on that day. 
and my husband did the washing and then my, and the washing got stiff but I didn't want to complain and today it's pouring down with rain and I don't want to complain I'm feeling a lot happier than I did at the start of this episode now my stories may not have been very helpful today as far as unschooling goes but I hope that they gave you a smile so next week Imogen will be back to talk to me episode 185 we'll have another long conversation we have already started making a list of things that might be interesting to talk about and on that list is social media yes there's something I want to talk about a program that I watched at the moment in our unschooling community we are discussing nerve Eels, not sure if I pronounced that right, but you know that I'm no good at pronunciation. Book Indistractable. It is about how various things uh, distract us. They take our attention away from the things that we want to do. I guess the idea is that the internet, social media, and other things aren't in themselves a problem. They we can't just say that they are addictive and then ignore them or try and stay away from them we have to find ways of dealing with them make ourselves indistractable so that they won't tear us away from the things that are important the things that we want to do I guess also that the ideas in this book can be applied to our kids as well if we are ever worried that our kids do nothing but sit on their computers and watch YouTube, for example. I mean, they might choose to watch YouTube. That might be good. But certain activities may be getting in the way of what they really want to do. So that's what we're discussing at the moment in the Stories of an Unschooling Family Community. If you are a member, please have a look for that, those posts. And if you're not a member, if you'd like to be, you can join us. That would be wonderful. Something else that's happening within our community. I probably have already said this, that within our community, there is a premium group for our superstar supporters. The people who are enabling our community to stay online. These people have donated money so that we can pay our hosting fees and all kinds of other expenses that are involved with sharing the unschooling message. And this premium group, Unschool Plus, that I have created is for these superstar members. And in that group, I'm posting some extras, some things that aren't available to the general community. These things are my thank you for everybody supporting me. Anyway, one of the things that I posted last week is the first two parts of Curious Unschoolers, my first unschooling book. I made an audio file of the first two parts, the introduction to the book and the introduction to unschooling. And I did a bit of editing with it, I added some music. And now that's available for download within Unschool Plus, the premium group within the unschooling community. It's not very likely I am going to record an audio version of my books for the general public. It just seems too difficult. When I was looking at this option a couple of years ago, Australian authors were unable to access Audible and as you know that's the major platform for audiobooks. So I don't know if things have changed but the chances that I'm ever going to do that are low. But I am going to record the book and maybe my second one as well in parts and publish them within the community for people who are supporting me. So you might be interested in that as well. If you are, head to the community and for any donation that you make, you will be sent an invitation to Unschool Plus. That invitation is for access to the group until March 
2022. Then at that date, we will reassess the community again. Will we continue? Will we fund the community in a different way? I don't know. There's always a chance that we'll make some changes. So what else have I got to tell you? Only the ad bit at the end. That's my community. I've mentioned one of my books, Curious Unschoolers. The other one is Radical Unschool Love. Those books are available on Amazon as print and Kindle eBooks. And then I no longer have my blog, Sue Elvis Writes. But as I said, I do have a blog, Stories of an Unschooling Family. I also have another blog, Where the Carol Birds Sing, where I occasionally post some of my stories, uh, not unschooling ones necessarily, stories of my life, stories of things that I'm doing and thinking about. And it just so happens that I published a new post there yesterday. But, But I will add all the links in the show notes. So thank you for listening to this podcast and I hope you will be back next week. Uh, for another longer, well, I don't think this one's particularly short, but anyway, a long conversation with my daughter, Imogen, episode 185, that will be, yes, we're getting closer to 190, aren't we? So thank you for listening. And until next time, don't forget to live a radical life of unconditional love.